The Coronavirus Hoax, title of an article written by Ron Paul, March 16th, 2020. An idea whose time has come cannot be stopped by Wait, what? The Other and Ron Paul Podcast starts now. Hello, this is Dr. Howard Grattan, and welcome to the Honor and Ron Paul podcast. And yes, it is true that uh, the good Dr. Ron Paul did write an article titled uh, The Coronavirus Hoax, as this thing was just winding up. A lot of people threw that in his face once his son, Rand Paul, um, was diagnosed with coronavirus, one of the few senators uh, that uh, was tested and tested positive for the coronavirus. Rand Paul requested testing because he had extensive travel and contact with people with known corona and he had that lung injury from uh, when he was attacked by his neighbor uh, and he had to have lung surgery because of the scarring so he was uh, particularly susceptible it was amazing the vitriol that came out against rand paul and ron paul uh hoping just absolutely the worst for rand paul uh, which was pretty surprising. I mean, this is somebody who earlier in the year was shot at at the uh, congressional baseball practice along with several other Republicans by the um, crazy guy who just happened to be a Bernie supporter. Fortunately, Rand was one of these uh, people who essentially had no symptoms even though he tested positive for the virus. But let's dig a little bit into this article because uh, although the title was provocative, it was fairly standard uh, from what uh, you'd expect from Ron Paul. The article uh, is actually uh, about the government's unconstitutional lockdown and clampdown on both the economy and on uh, people's individual liberty. And he relates it to how uh, the panic after 9-11 allowed the government to pass the Patriot Act, which would have done very little to prevent 9-11, but was used to curtail quite a few of our freedoms, eventually leading us into a war that um, many of the neocons had wanted for several years prior to 9-11 and just used this a panic as uh, the opportunity. Similarly, uh, the panic over the COVID-19 is also being used as an opportunity by the political and the politically connected um, to further their agenda and to line the pockets of, of those in the donor base, particularly the financial sector with all these big bailouts. Uh, in particular, the last paragraph is important to kind of put this in context so i'll just go ahead and quote it uh, this is not to say that disease is harmless without question people will die from coronavirus those in vulnerable categories should take precautions to limit their risk of exposure but we have seen this movie before government overhypes a threat as an excuse to grab more of our freedoms when the threat is over however they never give us our freedoms back so i'll go ahead and link to this uh, article so you can hear it from the good doctor's mouth. But I did want to address that right at the beginning, since this is the Honor and Ron Paul podcast, before I start digging into uh, kind of an update of the coronavirus itself. Now, as I mentioned on episode 18, 
Uh, I'm a physician. I talked a little bit about the coronavirus and that I want to, I think my advantage is that um, I have medical knowledge, but also have economic knowledge and political knowledge and kind of synthesizing all of this. I don't want to dig too much into the specifics of the virus itself, um, but I will point out some some very interesting things. Maybe we can kind of dig into just the medicine, science in general, and how you can kind of see um, a whole lot of information coming out that is oftentimes contradictory, and how do we kind of filter through all that, particularly when uh, in this current political environment, things always seem to be highly charged on either side. So I think this might be a good time to talk about safety, fear, and control. Um, the most fear and most stress tends to occur when people have very little control of their outcomes. You can think of this as kind of the backseat driver phenomenon, where person is driving perfectly fine you'd probably even be driving faster but just because you don't have your hands on the wheel you don't have that control everything might make you a little bit more nervous everyone has a bit more of this anxiety than others um, but the coronavirus really brings up how little we have control over these large world events and how we tend to have such a, a comfortable life in the United States um, that we really start to assume that this is normal, um, this time that we're living in, um, going through life in a comfortable way and um, having food readily available this is all normal no 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 this is this is not normal at all you should not be comparing yourself to your neighbor you should be comparing yourself to people you know 100 or 200 years ago that is normal poverty is normal so trying to figure out why there's still poverty is is not really the question you want to figure out why there's prosperity. Poverty is what we're born into. Um, you know, we're born into a life of groveling around, trying to, uh, you know, throw rocks at uh, at birds and, and eat them and scavenging all sorts of, of gross stuff. That is uh, the human condition. So when something comes along that reminds us of all of this frailty that we have in our lives, it can be uh, quite startling um, unless you, you have kind of an outlook of all the, the blessings that we already have, um, which is the assumption that, you know, someday something horrible is going to happen and all you can really do is prepare your yourself and your mind for when that eventuality will happen. We each live about a, a you know, shy of a hundred years, but if you look back a hundred years, and particularly if you look throughout the world, you know, how long do 
a lot of places go without some type of a a major calamity, whether it's a natural disaster, a civil war, a, a famine, you know, something like that. So the idea that if you're a 20-year-old, that this is just what it's going to be like for the rest of your life is 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 pretty absurd. Um, when you start to kind of study history, like, oh, I don't know what the particular problem is going to be, but I'm quite certain there's going to be some dramatic event that is going to be very trying because statistically it's very unlikely that I'm going to be so blessed that nothing like that would happen in my lifetime. So um, I, I don't know if, if this is going to be one of these kind of uh, pivotal moments uh, or challenges that uh, people face and remember. Um, and it certainly in some countries, it will leave a deep scar and uh, many lives will be lost. And, and that is tragic. Um, the question is, is, are more lives going to be lost from the virus or from the reaction to the virus? Um, and there's some concerns that I have that it's going to be more the later, and we'll dig into that a little bit. Um, but I just want to remind everybody that that the only thing we truly have control over is the decisions that we make right now. We don't even have control over what those decisions are going to lead the, lead to. Um, so focus on making the most moral and logical decision in the moment and then free yourself of the concern of where that decision will lead because all that you can actually do is make what you feel to be the best decision in the moment and then you can have the confidence going forward even if things turn out horribly turns out to be the wrong decision you can go forward with confidence knowing that well at least at that point I thought this was the decision. Now I have a new decision to make. You know, keeping it kind of, of focused on what you can do in the, in the now. Um, you know, being mindful of the advantages that you do have, and um, that will will help you to uh, extract some control out of this situation um, where there's just a lot of fear and a lot of fear of other people doing things that may exacerbate the uh, virus um, and uh, all, all of this uh, fear and concern that we have that some people are capitalizing on both to make money off of people through panic buying um, and also to uh, pass new legislation that would take more freedoms. You can't tell me that they wrote a thousand pages of legislation specifically for this coronavirus. No, no. They have stacks and stacks of bills and addendums and things like that that they want to pass, and they'll attach them to these must-pass legislations um, so that they can scoop in some, some kickbacks to some specific specific constituents or 
or some little rules they wanted to get passed, uh, but couldn't because there wasn't the uh, political will. Um, but yeah, a bill like these bills that are coming through with this coronavirus thing are just going to be jam-packed full of all these pet projects that everyone wanted to get done for the longest time, but didn't quite have the right crisis. And now that crisis is here, and so you're going to see a lot of pork flying around. Um, and it's uh, it's going to be unfortunate. So that's the kind of a political aspect of these things. Um, and I mentioned that there was concern, in my mind at least, as far as uh, more people dying from the... Um, reaction as opposed to the virus itself um, or dying from the reaction uh, even more than what people would have died from had nothing um, other than free individual choice be used um, to decrease uh, the impact of this virus so in particular Reuters has been writing a fair amount of, of articles on this um, uh, article I'm looking at now, Millions Face Hungers uh, as in African cities, as African cities impose coronavirus lockdowns. Uh, some of the videos coming out of, of India have been uh, very sad and shocking where the police are going around whipping anybody who's out without a mask and uh, people are, are literally starving uh, because of the interference of this uh, chain of goods um, and uh, more and more companies have been becoming leaner and leaner and really focusing on, this is before the coronavirus, uh, really focusing on kind of a no-weight production model where everything arrives just in time. Um, and so that is uh, very good for having a very lean and efficient uh, system. Uh, however, the cost of that is that there's, there's very little... Uh, reserve and um, if you want to know uh, why there haven't been a lot of people stockpiling um, masks before um, this outbreak you have to look no further than these anti-gouging laws uh, having a warehouse full of masks uh, in the chance that there would be a pandemic might be a wise uh, investment, uh, particularly if you kind of saw that, okay, well, every so often one of these uh, coronavirus or SARS respiratory viruses kind of comes through here, so I'm going to stock up and, and really be able to gouge people when uh, one of these things comes by. And I'm just going to have a warehouse full of these masks as I'm building up over time, building them cheap. Well, nobody can really do that. Uh, there aren't going to be any speculators who are going to be betting on that because 
all, all these anti-gouging laws. Um, and um, it, additionally, uh, since this is a time-limited thing, uh, do investors really want to be pouring a whole bunch of money into new production lines knowing that they're not really going to be selling these things at a profit or at a, a dramatic profit, uh, particularly when they're likely going to be, have to pay their employees more. There's going to have to be overtime. Uh, there might be retraining. Um, the machines are very expensive. And the specific N95 masks for medical use is specifically a regulated medical is regulated medical equipment so a new production line um, per this uh, article on reason was talking about how it can take up to nine months to get a new medical uh, to get a new production line certified to make n95 masks so is it really worth it if you're not going to make much of a profit on these masks and you get a whole new line opened up nine months and this COVID's gone, it, it, it could really be a financial disaster for these companies. Combining this with the absolutely absurd initial recommendations by the CDC that, that masks didn't work. Um, and I, I, I still don't know for certain why they said that since this is a coronavirus it was known to be airborne and uh, any mask that decreases the amount of spit that you cough out is going to be somewhat helpful um so in the transmissiveness of this virus from contact on surfaces is not really well understood um, so, uh, it, it's, it's quite obvious that this is, is mainly an airborne virus, uh, through coughing and sneezing, similar to multiple other coronaviruses. Um, and, uh, there's strong speculation that the CDC in January, when they were telling everybody to wash their hands, and not worry about wearing masks, was concerned about the mask production and that there'd be a run on masks. Had they said just that, okay, wear masks, but we're concerned that there's going to be a run on masks, so please don't overpurchase masks. Then everybody goes out, buys a whole bunch of masks in January, there's no masks. Now people have plenty of time to build up production. So all the way through February and coming into March when now the virus is actually picking up steam uh, in the United States, all these masks would be back on the shelves. Um, so it, it's just a real bungle that the CDC uh, started us off with. And I would like to point out a, another article from Reuters called uh, Researchers Warn the COVID-19 lockdown will take its own toll on health, pointing out that some research on the surge in unemployment in 1982 cut lifespans of Americans by a collective two to three million years. 
um, and uh, there's likely to be at least um, 10 to 20,000 additional suicides uh, because of this economic downturn just in this year and some estimates of several hundred thousand people dying in third world countries because of starvation uh, secondary to the disruption in the supply chain so this isn't a simplistic we have to listen to doctors and shut down the economy otherwise people will die um, people are going to die either way and there's always this balance because as much as people like to malign the idea of um, money and uh, greed um, there is in a real sense um, money is how we interact money is very important profit is very important because those are all signals that we are improving the world in some way and that things are moving forward and society is benefiting so if because of this lockdown food is going to waste in fields um, cows are milk is being poured out cows are being slaughtered and um, just sent to the rendering plants uh, because there's no demand and because uh, shipping is very uh, expensive that in the long run is going to significantly increase the cost of food and uh, as i mentioned last time sure if your food is only 10 percent of your budget it's no big deal if food is 50 percent of your budget you could starve from this now let's talk a little bit about some of the good news about this uh, virus um because uh, there has been a, a lot of just really great news coming out. And anytime you mention good news in regards to the coronavirus, uh, some portion of the population are going to freak out and say, that's anti-science, you just want to open up the economy again, uh, and uh, you want your grandma to die, all because of this uh, hunger for profits or, or something along those lines. Um, but let's look a little bit at the early projections. Some of the early projections were, you know, 2.2 million people were going to die in the United States of the coronavirus if we did nothing. If we had severe restrictions and social distancing, uh, it would be in the hundreds of thousands. So we then did not have, we did not act very quickly. We did not have very good social distancing. We still don't have that great of social distancing, and everybody is complaining about it because grocery stores are still uh, open people are are there's all sorts of pictures of people waiting in lines at food pantries the subway systems are still jam-packed um, uh, there's there's all sorts of um, crowds at uh, Costco grocery stores and yet um, the um, infection rate seems to be plateauing death rate seems to be plateauing and uh, the numbers are much better than um, any of the projections um, that I had seen. So let's talk about some of the things about the virus itself that I think may be leading to this. 
Uh, there's been some um, interesting studies with uh, the antibodies and also uh, general screenings showing that this virus is is much more prevalent than we had expected and for some reason there's a very large percentage of the population that is asymptomatic um, there was a study with in new york of everybody who came in to deliver um, they tested them for antibodies and for the virus and found that only about one percent of the people that had uh, antibodies were ever symptomatic from it. So uh, there is definitely something going on that makes some people very sensitive, and I think it, it, uh, it likely relates to the angiotensin converting enzyme or ACE or ACE2. Um, that uh, there's likely they're going to find out that there's some uh, genetic susceptibility of just how that uh, little receptor on the surface uh, of these cells uh, is shaped that the coronavirus really likes that and attaches to it and some people that just have bad luck and the corona they're particularly se sensitive to the coronavirus um, and which could also explain some of the racial discrepancy that we see um, and uh, different countries that are much harder hit uh, with, with very different uh, death rates than some other countries because oftentimes countries have very different ethnicities from one another in the US um, uh, this could send me on a whole nother tangent talking about just what a very poor job the the media the mainstream media or the corporate media as uh, Michael Malice likes to call it has been dealing with this with this virus you know talking about the racial discrepancy how African Americans have higher death rates and that's all due to racism uh, and you know it it may turn out that they have a very um are much more likely to have a uh a uh, an ace receptor that uh, is of that particular confirmation that the coronavirus just tends to like it's well known in the medical field that african americans to respond to uh, some um, blood pressure medications differently than Caucasians and um, so there's different kind of little protocols and um, medications to start first in African Americans versus Caucasian and uh, that angiotensin converting enzyme uh, is um, one that's commonly used in treating blood pressure so that that may be kind of some of this now this a lot of this is conjecture of course every doctor that's talking right now is is using a lot of conjecture since a lot of this stuff is kind of hot off the presses um, but there is um, a lot of hope out there that this coronavirus is going to go much better than everyone had anticipated and um, it'll be very interesting to see what some of these other countries do in particular Sweden who has had very few restrictions uh, they haven't really shut down much of any of the economy um, and uh, their rates seem to be doing fairly well there is always a chance that it could backfire and they have 
big bloom, um, but it, it, it doesn't seem to be that way. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the government's response to all this and the public's response, because it has been quite disheartening. Um, there is a lot of absurd things that the government is doing that are extremely unlikely to be helpful for uh, stemming this virus. I've already mentioned the CDC's absurd recommendation to not wear masks and to wash hands for this respiratory infection. And the centralization of all of these controls at the federal level, shutting things down and not allowing more state-to-state -state variability. Uh, and even within the states, not allowing county-to-county -county variability. Uh, obviously, upstate New York is very different from New York City. Obviously, um, some parts of the country need to have a very different response than other parts. And this one-size-fits-all is uh, going to be very detrimental. Additionally, focusing on everyone in general as opposed to just protecting the older people like what uh, Sweden and South Korea and some of these other countries have done where they focus on okay everybody stay away from old people for a while make sure that you're very careful around them and uh, you respect their distance um, the death rates of the young and healthy are extremely small essentially a rounding error um, and I was joking with somebody I mean they canceled Coachella and that would have been the absolute perfect thing to just extend it out to three weeks instead of uh, several days all these young people mixing up all their uh, sicknesses out there in the middle of the desert um, everybody's getting antibodies then they can come back into civilization uh, similarly with um, colleges, um, the, it would be much easier to protect the older professors. Most, most of them have teaching assistants anyway. You know, they can uh, teach remotely. They can uh, increase the number of uh, teaching assistants and let all these 20 or 30 year olds go to class, go to parties, whatever get sick for a while, recover, and now you're increasing the herd immunity. And um, you know, all of these uh, businesses, all of this manufacturing, um, it, oftentimes uh, a lot of these manufacturing plants are young and healthy people. Um, you know, you can protect older people and still have... Um, a, a vibrant economy um, it, it doesn't need to be a one-size-fits-all type of a situation uh, and I have significant concerns that we're just prolonging this um, getting to a herd immunity status um, there's also uh, 
a lot of barriers that the government has put in place, both with the FDA uh, limiting the availability of drugs from other countries that have been um, shown to have antiviral, antiviral properties and also um, inhibiting people from using uh, drugs that are still in the trial f phase. Um, that should pe be people's free choice if they want to try an unproven medication that's still being researched. If they're desperate, they should be have that opportunity. Fortunately, we've seen some pushback against that with these different right-to-try laws that several states have pushed out, and now there is uh, some form of, of right-to-try essentially everywhere with still some significant restrictions. Additionally, the state-to-state -state limitations of um, uh, doctors practicing uh, just right across the border or different states um, has really limited the uh, ebb and flow of doctors that can come in uh, to do some locum tenens when um, uh, one state is having problems staffing or uh, New York City where they're having a whole lot of cases and having a hard time uh, meeting the demands. Um, wh why can't any doctor just uh, head in there? And it's up to the hospitals themselves whether they want to take on the liability of having this doctor. They should be the ones vetting the physicians as far as who they want to hire. And one thing I want to talk about with this economic shutdown and this economic um, crash and then the Fed pumping in literally trillions of, of new dollars, which as it works through the system will uh, likely cause inflation or prevent the natural deflation that would occur. And we certainly need some deflation, particularly in the housing market, which is still artificially propped up. People are talking about problems uh, affording housing, why they're homeless, blah, 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 blah. Well, there's all sorts of laws, rules, regulation, and the suppression of the interest rate that are pushing up the housing prices. And another thing to remember, the COVID is going to be affecting things in a, in a relatively short period of time, a year or so. Um, but a, a decrease in the economic output is going to have ripple effects uh, for years or potentially generations. Everybody from here on forward is going to be slightly poorer because of this. And so with poverty, there tends to be worse outcomes. Um, and people in poverty have um, shorter, more difficult lives. People in poverty tend to care less about the environment. And people in poverty have fewer resources to deal with different natural disasters and uh, weather changes. So destroying an economy has significant forward-going effects that will 
continue on. This is an opportunity um, that has been lost, and that's why it, it's so important to really evaluate what has been done, what could have been done. Um, are there ways to uh, decrease the uh, viral spread? Um, and at the same time, keep the economy open. And I think there's a fair amount of evidence that yes, that is possible and would have been possible. Additionally, there's essentially no uh, constitutional authority for the government to have had these uh, significant crackdowns. So it's just uh, bad on multiple different fronts. And just like the economy, our freedoms will be significantly curtailed going forward. And I think it's fairly obvious at this point that if you're calculating uh, life years lost, meaning um, the estimated number of years that somebody lives, like if a young person dies at 20, they've lost 60 life years, whereas somebody who, who dies at 80, you know, lost maybe one, actually, I guess since life expectancy is 78 or so, so if you're 77 and you die, you've lost one life year. Um, so with young people committing suicide, increased number of um, uh, drug-related deaths that are likely to occur, um, who knows how many uh, medical conditions are not being checked up on in regards to cancer or uh, people not getting um, their normal medical treatment because all that stuff is, is uh, cut down. Um, that's just in the U.S. Then you start talking about people of all ages dying of starvation in third world countries. Um, I think the number of life years lost uh, is going to be far more than those lost to the COVID virus and also those lost to the COVID virus estimated had we not had these uh, draconian restrictions. So I just want to encourage everybody to really pay attention to the people in your neighborhood and your family who are elderly and at risk for this virus to uh, help them out in a way that also does not get them infected, um, uh, go shopping for them, um, and then sterilize things uh, before you give it to them, uh, offer to cook them meals so that they don't have to go to a restaurant where multiple people are touching that, and make sure it's actually cooked because that uh, heat is going to kill the virus. And wear a mask when you're cooking the food and going over there. Uh, make sure that the uh, dish is clean. If you're young and healthy, wearing a mask in public, just in case you are one of these carriers um, of this virus. They've done some studies that show that the virus is dramatically prevalent. And nobody knows why all these people are asymptomatic. Of course, there's no clear picture as far as 
how likely you are to spread that as an asymptomatic person. Obviously, you can spread it anytime you're shedding viruses, but also, obviously, it's not nearly as bad as if you're coughing on everybody and have a high fever. If you do escape this economic downturn um, in an okay position financially, make sure that you pay attention to what's going on in other countries and try to alleviate some of their suffering. Uh, there's a great app called Donor C, um, and uh, where you can donate to a specific individual, um, and they'll actually send a picture or video. Uh, so it has a lot of um, uh, very good confirmation that your money is actually going where it's supposed to. Uh, so that could be something to. Uh, uh, to look for as this economic downturn fully develops over the next year um, because I really don't think the Fed is going to be able to uh, pull a rabbit out of the hat and just get everybody back to normal by printing a bunch of money and pretending everything's going to be fine. This is going to have a significant disruption in the supply chain several com companies are likely going to go out of business so everybody hold on it's going to be a bumpy ride and i'll try to get more episodes out in a timely fashion um, this has been honoring ron paul episode 19 covid 19 episode 19 uh, make sure to check out uh, www.honoringronpaul.com slash EP19.